Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through our examination of the book of James and we're at the section in the fourth chapter where he's given us uh, insight and really commandments and instructions as to how we're to be living together and relating to one another and to God. And just to recap some things we've already looked at in verse 6, remember he said that God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So because of that, he says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't forget that, folks. If we are submitted to God, we can resist the devil and he'll flee. A lot of times we think if we're submitted to God, the enemy will not come. No, 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 no. But we will be empowered to resist him. Then in verse 8, he said to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Notice how there's reciprocal things happening. If you will do this, this is what will happen. Then he said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you're double-minded. So if you're compromised in, in, in mind, if you're compromised in deed, repent of that and move on. And in verse 9, he actually gives a very uh, graphic picture of that. He says, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. And so he's showing us what to do. Well, now he continues on. We've covered up through verse 10. Let's begin verse 11 now. He continues with instructions. Now listen to this. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. Oh, my. <coughs> Don't we know that people grab a hold of this? Uh, let me read a, um, uh, some of the other translations. That was a New American Standard where it says, do not speak against one another. The King James says, speak not evil one of another, brethren. And actually, the ESV and the Lexham pick up on that. They say, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. And so there is a little bit of a, a, a nuanced difference right here. The New American Center says, do not speak against one another. And you think, well, what, you know, I can't say anything. What if somebody's doing something wrong? What if they're in error? What if they're not speaking the truth? What if they're lying? Okay. Well, what it's saying is uh, more uh, conclusive here with the other translations. Do not speak evil against one another. So don't speak evil about somebody. If somebody is doing evil, if they are committing sin, uh, the balance of the scripture shows us that we have a role and responsibility, particularly with brothers, to confront them about that and say, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, don't do this. We have a role to do that. But in the midst of that, we don't have a role of speaking evil behind somebody's back that is not true, or even if it is true, of speaking of it in an evil type of way. We should always address things and speak things with the ultimate idea of being that of repentance and redemption back into the proper relationship with the church and with the Most High God. He said here, he who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. Now, we, we're told in other portions of the scripture that we can judge. We can judge from the point of view of fruit. We can, we, the scripture says you will know them by their fruit. Well, that takes what? 
that takes judging. That takes being aware of a situation and a circumstance. But this is something different. This is where somebody's speaking evil of somebody. Somebody's trying to be constructive rather than trying to create a situation where someone can be brought back in repentance, right restoration before the body, that type of thing. And he says, you don't do this because if you judge in this way, then you're judging the law. Remember, there's a problem here with the law and the way they were acting, and the way they're behaving. So he's telling them, don't do this. Verse 12, he continues on. He tells us why. He says, there is only one lawgiver and judge. And in the New American Standard, they have lawgiver and judge capitalized. You know, we learned long ago, did we not, uh, that capitalization and punctuation actually is a form of commentary. So he's saying there's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor or judges one another? And so it's reflective of the mindset right here. In other words, you're trying to act like God. You're trying to supplant the law supplant the law. You're trying to be the most high in all this. He says, oh, no, no, no. There's only one lawgiver. There's only one judge. God is the ultimate judge. Now, quite often people will come along when we sit there and tell them the truth about a matter. Okay. And a lot of churches are going through things right now to where uh, things that the word's very, very clear about and saying, this is a sin. They come back and say, well, no, not really. We're more enlightened now. You know, the, 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 the word will even call it an abomination. And we'll go, oh, no, no, no. Well, that, that was just for them then. Or uh, uh, particularly homosexuality is a big thing right now. And people will say, well, no, that's not what's really meant there. What is meant is that if it's a contrived or a forced relationship, that it's an abomination. But if it's a consensual thing, then no, that's not an abomination. That's totally fine. And God's cool with it. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. But what happens is if you tell that truth to people, then they come back immediately and say, well, you're judging. You're judging. Well, no, you're not judging. You're speaking the truth. And then they'll say, well, no, no, that's your, uh, that's your understanding of the truth. That's what you think the truth is. And they flip it back on you. No, it's not what I think the truth is. It's what it says. You're the one perverting the truth. You're the one sitting there trying to make what the scripture says align with what you want to do within your life. And people say, oh, well, then you're being judged. And James 4 says you shouldn't judge. That's not what's being spoken of here, folks. Not at all. No, we're not to judge and we're not to be condemned in any matter. And so I may not like the hairstyle of somebody, but I'm not going to judge it. Yeah. I may not like a particular style of clothing. Okay, as long as it's not something that breaks another portion of the scripture, you know, something that's seeking to be provocative or seductive or something like that. But it really doesn't matter if it's, you know, clothing in the sense that clothes, you know, and he's saying this. No, there's only one lawgiver, folks. There's only one judge. And he's the one who's able to save and destroy. But who in the world are you that you're going to judge your neighbor? And he continues on verse 13. He says, come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And so apparently he's, uh, James is dealing with several issues that are going on right here. That there were people that were sitting there judging one another and speaking things against one another. And he said, what are you doing? You're acting like God. 
and you're behaving this way, why are you judging this? Because you don't know what's going to happen the next breath. He says, come on, I'll give you an example. You got people right there that are saying, okay, we're going to go to this city and we're going to do this. We're going to make, we're going to engage in business and we're going to make a profit. There's nothing inherently evil about that. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet, you don't know what your life's going to be like tomorrow. You don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. Isn't that true? He said, aren't you aware that your life is just a vapor? And after a little while, it vanishes. <laughs> so he's sort of giving them an example. Then why in the world are you acting this way toward one another when you're definitely not God? Because you don't know what's going to happen with the next breath. You know, I think it's a very good word for us, folks, of how we relate to one another. We're not to judge in the sense of the flesh, not to judge in the negative sense. <coughs> definitely not to judge as God's going to judge. Yes, we are fruit inspectors. Yes, we do have a role and responsibility to encourage and exhort one another to, to live in righteousness, to live in holiness, okay, to repent and confess. We do have that responsibility, but not with the attitude of the heart that the world often has, particularly not with the attitude of the heart that the religionist has, right? Okay. Anyway, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.